From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about food, the people who make the food, and the food culture of the South. I'm Malcolm White with my buddy Carol Puckett. For the next hour, we'll be here to talk about Mississippi's great culinary landscape. All right, today we're going to talk about water and the creatures that swim in the water that we eat. We're going to talk about crappie brim, bass, crawfish, you name it, boiling it, frying it, sautéing it. We'll also talk to chef and restaurateur Robert St. John about where his love of seafood came from. Let us know what you think. Give us a call, 1-800-MPB-RING. That's 1-800-672-7464. Or send us an email at food at mpbonline.org. That's Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to live radio brought to you from MPB Think Radio. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today, along with my foodie expert friend of many, many years, Carol Puckett. Welcome up, Carol. Good morning, Malcolm. How was your weekend? My weekend was beautiful. Mine it was, was too. just a beautiful weekend. I spent a lot of it in a fishing boat. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I hear you caught a, a big old bass. I caught the big one. Yeah, I was. we were in uh, a lake in West Hines County, and huh? I caught a 24-inch bass. Goodness. It was a two-hander trying to <laughs> get What were you fishing with? Uh, I call it the Little Black Dress mm. of West Hines County. It's actually... That's your bait? <laughs> it is actually a green, cream and green worm. It's one of those Gary Yamamoto. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Something complicated. The bass loved it. Yeah, well, the bass loved it, and then, <laughs> then you and John loved it. So if you uh, are listening and you want to talk about seafood, you know, we have fresh water, we have brackish water, we have, uh, we have salt water. We also have artesian water. I, I, I knew a guy once that raised soft-shell crawfish in artesian water. Well, I bet they were fine. They were fabulous. That was, that was great. Another thing that happened in my life this weekend is I had to take a trip down to the Gulf Coast, and on the way back I, I stopped and uh, bought a flat of strawberries. I bet you were very popular at home. <laughs> so when you, anytime you have a flat of strawberries in your car, People are very attracted to you. In fact, I stopped at the at the uh, dinner bell in Macomb on the way back to to have lunch at their glorious round tables. One of two uh, of the round table restaurants left in Mississippi, Walnut Hills Hill. in yep. Vicksburg, and and the great dinner bell uh, in in Macomb. And while I was eating, a woman sitting next to me and I got into a conversation. And I mentioned strawberries, and uh, she, she ended up beating me out of two of the boxes. No. Well, it was, I was happy to share. She tried to buy them from me. I said, lady, I wouldn't sell you my strawberries. I wouldn't give them to you. What a great guy you are. <clears throat> so anyway, so I brought the strawberries home and uh, cleaned them all up, put them in the refrigerator. And my fiance Karen Norris, the great cook that she is, took a bunch of these strawberries and cooked them down and made a compote out of one batch and then just some strawberry reduction out of the other and lo and behold yesterday she made a cold oven pound cake and and put this strawberry compote 
in the cake and baked it, and it was outrageous. And it you was ju- kind of you a just, marbling that's right. effect. But uh, I've always wanted to make a cold oven pound cake. Well, tell us a, well, tell us what cold oven is. A cold oven is. is just what it is. It's a cold oven, and you put your cake batter, your cake pan in the oven, and then you turn the oven on. To so no preheating. No preheating. You ah. turn it on to about 325 degrees and you know, check your recipe, but most of them are for around an hour or an hour and 10 minutes. Hmm. And let me tell you, I just tasted Kara's strawberry cold oven pound cake. And? And it was fine. It was fine. Java got a chunk of that. Yeah, and and she cooked it, I guess, because she's kind, but also yesterday was Jonathan Webb, my son-in-law's birthday, so he got cake for his birthday. It was it was fantastic. So uh, since our last show, we would ask our audience to give us a call if you're interested. Talk to us about what you've been eating, cooking, growing, uh, sharing. Uh, and Carol, what else uh, on your weekend? What else did you eat? Or Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh Friday night is our uh, typical fish dinner, and Mm. we stopped by Dugan's trailer in the parking lot, the CBS parking lot on I-55 North and Old Canton Mart Road, and Mm -hmm. just see what's fresh. And so I cooked two whole flounders on Friday night, and then shrimp scampi on Saturday night, and here we come into MPB, and they tell us, it's National Shrimp Scampi Day. There you April go. 29th. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? You know because you know by osmosis. <laughs> yeah. I knew because it's one of the easiest uh, shrimp dishes to make. And how do you make it? Well, you take about two pounds of shrimp. Mm-hmm. Now, some people leave the tails on. I don't. Okay. I well, like, that's, that's you know, a it's preference just, thing. It's, I like to keep the tails on. I like tomatoes. You like tomatoes, you know? <laughs> but uh, you saute them so, in, right. uh, in uh, butter and white wine and, and garlic. Garlic is very, very important. Indeed. Because this is an Italian recipe, and the Italians love garlic. As, as do the whites of Stone County. <laughs> <laughs> they, sure, they sure do. But anyway, you reduce... Uh, you reduce your sauce down to mm-hmm. you know to about half, and then squirt in some fresh lemon juice. Uh, it's about three tablespoons of fresh lemon juice. Do you use one of those lemon squeezers? I do. Uh-huh. So I people do. use the cloth method. Well, there's the cloth method, and then there is it's just the plain old squeeze method where you have to dig the seeds, <laughs> seeds right. out. But I used uh, a lemon juicer, put my lemon juice in, and then put my shrimp in. And, you know, I'm old school, Gulf Coast raised, and I like to just cook them till they're barely pink. Right. Because they're going to cook a little bit more, you know, even after you pull the pan off. That's and, right. and, you know, a rubbery shrimp is not, is not what we're after. But this is delicious, and uh, I served it over uh, a Popper Deli pasta. Popper Deli pasta. It is a wide noodle. It's uh-huh. a little bit bigger than uh, fettuccine. Wow. The that big, just the... happened to be what, what was in the cabinet, but right. I could serve it over rice or, you know, it'd be good just by itself. Wow. So there's nothing worse than an overcooked shrimp. That that I know. It's a sin. Yeah. It is just a always, sin. Always undercook your shrimp. That's That's how I do it, just slightly. Undercooked, not al dente, but 
slightly slightly undercooked, undercooked because yeah you know, we happen. pay you know we pay good money for these shrimp and we're so lucky to get fresh shrimp from the Gulf. Un, you know, unlike the rest of our brothers and sisters in the country. Now, Mr. Dugan's been up there at the corner of whatever street in I-55 for a million years. Well, um, he has the original Mr. Dugan and his his wife, who everyone knew as Sweetie, mm. um, are no mm. longer with us. But okay. John Lester and his wife, Sheila, have the little trailer now. And they are there on Thursdays and Fridays. From 10 to 6, and people who shop there know that you're going to get the freshest fish around this part of the world. Now, this is in Jackson, folks. This is in Jackson, Mm -hmm. and the fish comes up from the coast both of those mornings, and people are prepared to stand in line. John Lester wants to tell everybody a recipe, find out what you're doing with your fish. It's just like an old-timey fish market. There's a list printed on the side of the trailer, and you just go and he crosses off with the magic marker when a fish is he out. So off. it's just kind of a home thing. Well, there are fish markets all across the state. If you have a favorite one, give us a call and talk to us about it. If you have a, a favorite seafood, whether it's saltwater, freshwater, call us, talk to us about it. Crappie, bass, brim, crawfish, flounder, speckled trout, redfish, you know the list. Call us and talk to us about your seafood favorites. If you have a great way you like to cook seafood, it's crawfish season and people are boiling like crazy all over the deep south. Uh, There was a 27th annual crawfish music festival on the coast. I think it was this past weekend, right? What a great combination. I bet there was some great music. They bring in, I I would suppose they bring in some Zydeco. I was thinking the same thing. Cajun music. I bet there was some dancing involved. Dancing goes well with, with crawfish Zydeco. and beer. And Zydeco. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I also know the Crawfish Shack out on Lakeland Drive here in Jackson is up and running, doing big business. I think there's one in Water Valley. Uh, I know they do crawfish all along the coast. Call us and tell us about your favorite crawfish restaurant, your favorite crawfish event, your favorite recipe for crawfish. You know what mine is? And they, I, I hardly ever see them anymore. It was the old soft shell crawfish. Soft shell crawfish. Yeah, there was a guy down in uh, Perkinston that used to raise them, and we bought them at Hallamouse. Was this the guy with the artesian water? Yes, that's right. Clyde Strickland was his name. He's passed now, but he would raise these crawfish, and they were fabulous. And they were like soft shell crabs, but they were soft shell crawfish. He would catch them when they would molt, and you cook the whole thing and eat it shell and all. It's fantastic. Oh, man. But, uh. We don't have them anymore, but if anybody knows where to find soft-shell crawfish, please give, give a me call. a call. We want to know, and we want to share. All right, it's time for a break. Uh, as always, Deep South Dining is interactive. That means that you call us, you text us, and we talk to you about what's on your mind. one mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. Email us at food at mpb online.org. We'll be right back talking more about seafood, talking about brim, crappie, bass, speckled trout, flounder, you name it. Don't go anywhere. There's more Deep South Dining coming up right after the break. Shrimps and rice, they're very nice. I like oysters, lobsters too. I like my tasty butterfish. Ooh. When I come home late at night, I get my favorite dish. Fish, hold tight, hold tight. Hold tight, hold tight, for the Yakasaki wants some seafood, mama. 
shrimps and rice. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White here with my good friend Carol Puckett. Welcome back, Carol. Thank you, Mal. And remember, if you want to talk to us, one eight seven seven MPB ring, or one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or food at mponline dot And speaking of which, we have someone on the on the phone. We'll just go straight to Richard in Natchez, Mississippi, the original creative economy, Natchez. You there, Richard? Yes, sir. What's on your mind, my man? Uh, good morning. I appreciate you taking my call. I love y'all's program. I just want to make a comment. Uh, back in 1965, I was 14 years old, so I'm telling my age. Me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, some friends of mine invited me down to the Gulf Coast, and I guess it was past Chris Chan at the Lighthouse. Uh, Biloxi has a lighthouse. Maybe past Chris Chan had one in 64. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, somebody said, you need to go floundering. So I got a gig, and I got a, a, a lantern, and uh, I fished along the shore, and I catched uh, several flounders. Uh, I mistakenly uh, uh, jabbed a couple of uh, these big, uh, what do you call it? These Rays. Big, uh, crabs. Yeah. Uh, 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 no. anyway, crabs? Rays? Uh, uh, big, 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 big old giant crabs. Uh, gosh, dog it. What do you call them? Well, anyway, it don't matter. We don't eat those anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, took them back home, put them in the broiler. I'm 14 years old, and something told me to put some lemon and butter on them. Anyway, I was the hit of the whole weekend. <laughs> Everybody enjoyed the flounder from the Gulf Coast. You are a prodigy. That's right, and people from that day on referred to you as Chef Richard. Well, I'm really not a chef. I mean, I do cook, but I'm not, I don't call myself a chef. I, I, I cook because I need to eat, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, that's a good anyway, reason. So, uh, Richard, name me one food item that is that Natchez is known for. Uh, oh, I guess a bunch. we got barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we got Good burger joints, a couple of good steak joints. Uh, you know, there's a few good restaurants that have been around for a long, long, long time. Got a great reputation, and uh, we just, we just enjoy a lot of different foods here. Man, we appreciate your call, and thanks for sharing your flounder story and your recipe that you stumbled on at a very early age. And now, Carol, we you spoke earlier about how you cooked your flounder this weekend. How how did you do it? Well. I'd like to share this. I want everybody to write this down because this is really hard. All right, get your pencils out. <laughs> I washed it. You washed the flounder. I scored it. Scored. I put three slashes with across a knife, the, sharp knife, sharp knife. So the seasoning through the skin into the just a very very quarter of an know, inch of the flesh. Yes. No. I mean, you can get down to the when when you get to the bone, you want to stop. This is not the kind of scoring where you make a touchdown or a basket. No, no, no it is not. It's, it's to, to give uh, space for seasoning okay. that you can rub in. I rubbed it with olive oil. Mm-hmm. I put salt and pepper in a little Cavender's Greek seasoning uh-huh. and put it in a 400-degree oven for 
18 minutes. It goes 18 to 20 minutes, depending on the size. And you have got yourself you got a something. fine dish. Now, is that whole flounder? That is a whole flounder. So one side is crispy that you scored and cooked on. The other side is a bit soft, right? Yes, the white underbelly of the fish. Uh-huh. But that is good eating. Mm, that sounds terrific. All right, we've got another caller on the line, John from Jackson. What's on? What's going on, brother? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I like your show, man. It's really good. Thank you. Uh, you know, I show crawfish. I think the first Adam was John Dennery. Made them. And then your brother cooked some at the restaurant, Hallamals. They were fantastic. I think he, he dusted them in flour and they were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, but I got a question. Uh, I, of my hobbies, my five hobbies, cooking is definitely one of them. So I, I like it. Um, I've been doing my whole life some redfish at Walker's. And Derek cooked it. And I can't remember the, the dish it was, but. You know, anybody can cook it to like a 98% level of goodness, but it's that extra 2% that distinguishes the Derricks of the world. Mm-hmm. People There's like nothing me. like Derek. No. And, There's only know, one. I, I, I ate it. And now my question is, is, can, is that 2% taught or skill or is it just innate? And I will never achieve that level. Well, first of all, we're talking about Chef uh, Derek Emerson at yes. Walker's Drive-In, uh, who came to Jackson from uh, San Francisco to be the chef at Schimmel's. And, That's right. Uh, and he, he was one of those who stayed. So he, he was the chef at Schimmel's, and, and he decided he wanted to open his own restaurant. So he went across the street, and he bought Walker's, and now he has about seven restaurants. Yes, and, and Kate, he, he has added so Parlor much Market. to the, the food scene in Mississippi. Yes, it's has. just unbelievable. But the question about the 2% of... I guess that applies to all cooking, certainly seafood, because, you know, if you don't have the touch, then you're just going on luck. And sometimes you hit it right, like the fellow from Natchez who cooked his first flounder and just happened to hit it right. But there's no luck in what Derek does or Derek teaches his people to do. Uh, It is a regimented practice. Uh, You know, you get a feel for it. You can look at the fish. You can look at the food. You can smell it. You know when it's right. Uh, But it's an art form. You know, baking is a science. Cooking is an art form. And that guy is an artist. He certainly is. And I like to think of people who cook like Derek. I say that they have good taste memory. Mm -hmm. That they can look at a dish and know what to do to it to really bring out the flavor. And I worked with a guy in Greenwood, Jeffrey Bates, who still, um, I think, cooks on the coast somewhere. But he had one of the finest taste memories that, uh, you know, I ever, ever, ever knew. And, and here's the really, really hard part, John, is that a guy like Derek, he's not going to cook your food when you go in one of his seven restaurants very often because he's one person. Each restaurant has its own chef or head cook, sous chef, and and they have to remember what Derek taught them or the procedure and process that he put in place. And that is where management comes in, which is difficult because you you meet these guys who have one restaurant and it's really good and they're the chef and they cook everything and it blows your mind. They open up a second restaurant, they hire a chef, they cook it the way they want to cook it and it's not That's the same right. way. So it's, it's, a, it's a tricky deal to own multiple restaurants and and run them. Speaking of management, I just have to give a shout out to Jennifer Emerson, who is the management part 
of she's the great. Derek Emerson team. That's she's right. she's the one that keeps the trains running on time. John, we appreciate your call and your observation. Uh, that's very astute uh, in in terms of the difference between a great cook, great chef and someone who literally just goes in the kitchen because they're hungry. And speaking of great chefs, uh, chef restaurateur and uh, star of uh, Palette to Palette here on MPB Television, great friend of, of both Carol and I's, uh, Chef Robert St. John is going to tell us about his love of Mississippi seafood. So my love for seafood really comes from the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I grew up an hour north of the coast and uh, my dad died when I was young and my mom who never remarried knew she wasn't going to be able to play baseball and wasn't going to learn how to hunt but she could figure she could learn how to fish and so we bought a little small fish camp right outside of Van Cleve uh, and she and my brother and me spent basically summers down there on uh, Bluff Creek and the Pascoola River and uh, the Mississippi Sound. Um, had a a series of a couple of boats, and it was just the absolute best uh, childhood uh, I could I could imagine. I had the best of both worlds. I was in Hasburg most of the year, and then summers, and in nice spring and fall days, we were uh, on the coast, and we put out crab traps every day, and uh, we had a little small shrimp trawl that we'd put behind our boat eventually, and we could shrimp all night long, and fished uh, back before uh, Paul Perdome put a limit on redfish you know we uh, we were catching redfish like crazy uh, back in those days and so that's really where my love of seafood comes from uh, not only from the fresh seafood that we caught but also those old line coast restaurants like Barisev's I was Barisev's is where I ate my first raw oyster um, and the Tiki Room there at Mary Walker Marina and Gaucher. And, I mean, those were the places where really my fried shrimp, I still to this day, I'm a 57-year-old man who's, <clears throat> you know, I've eaten in a lot of places, a lot of, all over the world. But I, I will tell you, I still love fried shrimp. You know why I love fried shrimp? Because fried shrimp are good. <laughs> I mean, fried <laughs> shrimp are good. That's so, you know, one of the things we would do down there in the summers, in August, the salt water would come all the way up into Bluff Creek. And into the bayous, I mean, you could you could just catch crabs with nets off a place called Pine Island. That really wasn't an island, but it's where people skied and and things. And and so we would crab, set out the crab traps in the morning, check them in the you know day, put chicken necks in there and things. And we would get back and boil the crab uh, in our little small camp and pick the crab meat. My brother and my mother and me or whoever we had brought down there. And the one thing we did with that crab meat, and I can't remember doing anything else with crab meat as a kid other than West Indies salad. Um, we do a lot at the restaurants with crab meat. It's probably my favorite ingredient, one at least one of my top three. But, you know, West Indies salad, which is really uh, came from Bailey's uh, on the Dolphin Island Parkway, right out, right out in between Mobile and Dolphin Island. And a guy who was a, a cook on some... Uh, ships, uh, commercial trade ships years ago made this recipe up. And it's really, the, it's the exact opposite of what you want to do with crab meat. Crab meat is so delicate and light and buttery. You don't really want to do much, but this recipe has onion, it has pepper and it has vinegar and it's a good bit of vinegar and, uh, just a little bit of oil. And it's, it's basically a very light, uh, vinaigrette, uh, tossed with crab meat and, and served over lettuce or in a bowl with crackers and things like that. And that's 
it's really my go-to. It tastes like summer to me, and it tastes like my childhood. Just like a sour apple Jolly Rancher tastes like my old neighborhood, you know. West Indies salad tastes like Mississippi Gulf Coast to me. Mm-mm. Robert St. John on his love for seafood and fried shrimp. He said fried shrimp, he likes them a lot because fried shrimp are good. And he's right and he's about so that. Right They're just that. good. <laughs> We had a caller call and help us with the giant crab that Richard from Natchez was referring to. It was and the I old, can't believe the we, old we horseshoe that. crab. Shame on us. The horseshoe crab. <laughs> well, you don't eat it. We don't care about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carol, you're going to uh, – what cookbook is Robert's West Indies in? Is that It is in his first book, uh, A Southern Palate. It was okay. the first book he did with Wyatt Waters, a beautiful book. Great. Indeed it is. Beautiful in every way. All right, you were going to tell us a little bit about some, what might sound odd to some people, but bass ceviche that our great friend Bobby Cleveland creates. Well, I wanted to move to freshwater fish because this is the high season for crappie, bass, and brim. The spawn is going on right now, and as Bobby Cleveland said, he said, anybody can drop a line in two feet of water right now and catch a crappie. (laughs) And I know that there are lots of folks out there that have a lot of crappie or people are bringing them a lot of crappie. And what to do, make Bobby Cleveland's bass or crappie ceviche. Okay. And uh, go ahead. No, explain to our listeners what ceviche is. Ceviche is a raw fish, and it's most known in Mexico. We think about all the different ceviches they do, and the the meat is actually cooked uh, in lime juice. So lime juice is what what really gives it the flavor and, and really cooks the fish. Another form of cold cooking. Another form of cold cooking. Right. But uh, Bobby's crappie or bass ceviche is well known in these parts, and I'm going to put it on the web. It's the, you know, perfect thing to do. And, you know, Bobby also mentioned that a lot of people are doing smoked crappie dip. Oh, boy. I know we've had a lot of the smoked tuna dip. Correct. Around Destin in those areas. And he says that, uh, you know, crappie works as well, but... Something else he told me is that Mississippi has eight of the top 20 crappie fishing lakes in the world. Eight of the top 20 in the world. Now, there's, a tourism, there's a tourism fact that we need to put out I there. I think we need a crappie trail. We need a, Well, we already got, you know, the Mississippi Seafood Trail that yeah. the Mississippi Restaurant Association created. I wonder if we could have a sub-trail of, I think of we need a sub-trail. The lakes. number one crappie lake in the world is Grenada Lake. Is that right? That's right. And number two is Lake Washington. And Bobby reminded me, he said, now this isn't just somebody talking. He said, this is bona fide. Certified by the crappie experts of the world. And Bobby Cleveland is a crappie expert. Indeed he is. And a fabulous cook. Yeah. He makes a gumbo out of an alternative roux that'll just, just knock your eyes out of socket. And, you know, Bobby was the outdoor editor for the Clarion Ledger for many years, and now he works for the Pearl River Water Valley System in kind of public relations, Mm -hmm. public liaison, but he's still writing and fishing. 
Well, that's great. If you're listening and you want to talk to us about crappie or crawfish or ceviche or cold oven cakes, give us a call. We're going to take a little break and come back and talk about more seafood. You got a favorite seafood restaurant you want to talk to us about? Join the conversation and tell us what's happening in your kitchen at 1-877-MPB-RING or 1-877-672-7464 or food at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Going Deep on Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White with my friend Carol Puckett. And we owe, we know that you all live busy lives and you can't listen to the whole show every time we're on every Monday at 9 a.m. If you want to listen up, catch up, listen back on the website, it is at mpbonline.org backslash Deep South Dining or subscribe to the podcast using the MPB public media app or any of the podcast apps. Give us a call if you have something to talk about. One eight seven seven MPB ring. We've got folks on the on the line here. We got Bill from Greenville calling. What's up, Bill? Uh, I, I like to tell you that we live in a seafood desert up here in the Delta. There is no distributor uh, for seafood that I know of, and it's not in no stores locally. Um, you might can find maybe some shrimp from New Orleans, but everything is foreign, you know, like uh, shrimp from uh, Saudi Arabia. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was just wondering, down in Jackson, is there a seafood distributor there where you can buy locally seafood, like you can buy crab from the Gulf Coast and all that stuff? Well, the fellow that, that Carol spoke about earlier uh, who brings a truck up twice a week from the coast to – Jackson uh, is our best uh, dependable source. Sometimes uh, grocery stores, uh, particularly here, uh, Whole Foods, will bring in local seafood and identify it as such. Uh, and Fresh Market does a good Fresh job. Fresh Market is the other one. Sometimes and, and Kroger, local, yeah, yep, and Kroger yep. does a, a pretty good job too. But um, I'll tell you, Bill, when I line up. At Duke and Seafood on Thursday or Friday, there are a lot of folks with ice chest from the Delta that that come down, and I, I hate that for you that you don't have the fresh Gulf fish. You're you're up in catfish land, right? Catfish, crawfish, tamale land. But well, I tell you, you what, the catfish, I tell you, <laughs> yeah, I know you do. But I tell you what, that's a great business opportunity for someone who might want to. Take a truck all the way up to to the Delta, and uh, maybe one day a week, and stop in Jackson well, on the way back. There used to be a guy that used to do that all the time, but I haven't seen him lately. You know, so. And Bill, you might check your farmers markets. Um, I haven't lived in Greenwood for a few years now, 
But at our Greenwood, downtown Greenwood Farmer's Market, there was somebody the first few years that drove shrimp up from the Gulf on Saturdays. So that might be an option for you yeah. to check around and see who's doing what. That's that's a great suggestion. Now, if I could jump in here a little bit, guys. Um, this is Java in, in the booth. But um, we this goes to, I guess, a bigger conversation with Bill talking about with food deserts in general, uh, just depending on your location. Because I know uh, Upfront Farms here in uh, in Jackson does a, a, a like a food desert kind of tour thing where they go to different places and bring fresh fruits and vegetables. Like I know Bill's, you know, we're talking, we're concentrating on seafood today, but um, you know, like I said, it goes to the bigger conversation right. about food deserts just, you know, in a lot of places. And the bigger conversation about eating American seafood and local food, period. It, it's the farm to table, you know, on steroids. It's always trying to find local products, whether it's seafood or vegetables or meat. And, and we're fortunate here in oh, Jackson because we, we have so many opportunities and options. But this would be a good place to mention uh, crawfish, too. When you buy frozen crawfish, check the package. There's a lot of Asian crawfish. You know, Try to buy Louisiana crawfish. Mm-hmm. You can find it. All right. We've got another caller on the line. Chris is calling from Hattiesburg. What's up, Chris? Oh, what's going on? How are you guys doing? We're good. Uh, hey, I had a couple of comments. Uh, so this coming up Saturday at Hattiesburg is either the 11th or 12th annual McLeod Crawfish Bowl. Uh, great, great fun. Lots of music. I think Jerry Hudson, Katrina Miller's playing. The Iceman Hattiesburg always have a bunch of uh, crawfish with all the fixings, hamburgers, sausage dogs, grilled chicken, etouffee, jambalaya, you know, just Great, great time. And earlier when she was talking about making the flounder and scoring your fish, another reason you score your fish is so your flounder doesn't curl up on you as well. You are so right. That's a great point. You don't want your flounder curling up on you. Yeah, it would be sad. Not good. Not good. Well, where is the the crawfish? Is it a boil, a festival, Chris? That's the... uh, Cloud Crawfish Boil. He uh, does it in his backyard. It's located right on Party Street over by uh, Taco Bell by USF. Okay, great. Thanks. We appreciate your call. Now we go to Laurel, Mississippi, and Margaret's on the line. What's cooking out there, Margaret? Well, a beautiful sunshine, a beautiful day, but uh, nothing cooking right now. I just <laughs> wanted to uh, see if anyone has heard of Jubilees, which happened. Yeah. In Japan and uh, on the Bowen County uh, the shoreline. Well, yes, I know about Jubilees. In fact, the bridge that uh, crosses the Mobile Bay from the city of Mobile uh, going east is called the Jubilee Parkway uh, in in celebration of that phenomenon, which is uh, an occasion where the atmospheric and uh, interplanetary uh, uh, components align, and literally the fish and the and all the seafood, all the creatures of the sea will float mm-hmm. to the top. And, and I right. have and I have witnessed one in my really? life mm-hmm. in Mobile, uh, out at Dolphin Island. When I was a kid, I have cousins who grew up in Mobile, and they were big outdoorsmen and big fishermen. And and one time they took us out to flounder, and it was a jubilee, and we we lost it. We were grabbing fish and shrimp, and 
and crabs and throwing them in the basket. I mean, they were just floating out there. And then they they wake up and, and they go on about their life. But it is this incredible phenomenon. Now, I know I'm not explaining it scientifically, but if there if there's a scientist listening who would like to delve deeper into the Jubilee phenomenon, we'd love to hear from you. Carol, what do you know about it? Malcolm, I think you covered it pretty well. But one question I was going to ask you or just state is, I don't think anybody really knows when they're going to happen. Oh, no. And, and you know, I heard that they used to ring bells and uh, you had horns and all sorts of uh, all manner of things to alert people that the Jubilee Yeah. And they, there's even a song, Jubilee. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Margaret, thanks for calling from Laurel and talking to us about the the phenomenon of the Jubilee. And uh, it's a real thing. And if anybody knows any great details, please call us and tell us about it. We'd like to share more information. But that's all I know about it. All right, Carol, you've got some uh, you've got a recipe and a and a thought about the seafood butters that we cook. Uh, seafood with and i'd love for you to share that if you would well i was just thinking when we were talking about the flounder is you know it's easy to mess up fish with you know too many sauces too many things going on and really a simple brown butter for fish is one of the best things we can do the french call it a noisette which means yeah, N-O-I-S-E-T-T-E, which is French for hazelnut because it's a brown butter. But uh-huh. you simply melt the butter uh, and whisk it every now and then as it browns. Mm-hmm. And it's good to do it in a pan like with a stainless steel bottom in, instead of a dark bottom so you can actually see the color see change. And you just add a squirt of lemon juice and a pinch of salt and pepper and set it aside, and it'll hold for up to 20 or 30 minutes. And if it gets cold, you just pop it in the microwave for a few seconds. But that's one of my favorite just simple seafood sauces. Now, what would you would you is that what you would call the seafood sauce that the that the uh, Mayflower uses on all of their fishes? Their I version think that's of pretty a, close to it. Sauce? Don't you think there's has a little Worcestershire sauce or just? I think it's people, a little kick it up a notch. Yeah, I think people have have contemplated for years what's in the Mayflower sauce, but it goes on all of the fishes on the and on it the is shrimp, delicious on the on the soft shells. It goes on the flounder, all the fishes, and it's. It's radically good, radically good. If anybody thinks they know the seafood sauce at the Mayflower Secret, they want or to share it with Or can do one us. better. Yeah, if you've got a cooking seafood sauce, uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. And, um, hey, guess what? We just got a call from the famous Chico Harris from Oxford, oh Mississippi. What Chico, honor. what's happening, dude? Hey, y'all, uh, y'all just made me think of a favorite crawfish memory from Mississippi. Well, put it on us, brother. It was 1987, and Chesley Pierman was running Sid and oh. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Chesley always and shows up somewhere. <laughs> and uh, he had the great idea of having a crawfish festival. Uh-huh. And uh, had Beanman and the Tangents play. And uh, Roman Hands, I think, also. Oh played. yeah, from Jackson. Yeah, that was so Charlie anyway, they, O'Connor and yeah. uh, and uh, Hubie Daniels. Anyway, I know the Roman Hands well. I booked them many times. They were a great band. And uh, so Chesley set up that out on the uh, you know boiling that out on the sidewalk mm-hmm. in the square there in Oxford, 
And Rex Elston from Lafayette, Louisiana, had been working in the kitchen down to Hoka, and Chesley hired him away. And I'll never forget that day when we were having that crawfish festival, and Rex was out there boiling it up, and here come Ronzo walking up. And Rex was like the proud daddy. He's like, Ron, please, what can I do for you? Let me fix you up with some crawfish. And as usual, Ronzo was smiling. And? He said, give me, he said, give me some free seafood. <laughs> oh, right, right. Well, he, he asked for a second and a third. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was, it was a great day. We, we need Chesley to come back to Austin che- and do something like that. Chesley was ahead of his time uh, there cooking crawfish on the square in Oxford. Well, that reminds me. Uh, Malcolm, have you ever heard, heard the term Mississippi junk pot? Well, I, I have today. Uh, that's a boil, right? Well, that's that's a boil when you put the potatoes and the corn. Uh, you could the crab boil. Everything oh, goes in everything one pot. Everything goes in, yeah. in one pot, and then you know dump it all out on the the table or whatever surface you're using. Yes, yes. Uh, Chico, you still with us? Yeah, I am. But I'm I'm about to go to town and get me some crawfish. Okay, okay. thanks for the call. <laughs> Chico Harris from Oxford, Mississippi, he was telling the story about Chesley Pierman and Ron Shapiro and crawfish on the square in Oxford, Mississippi. We're going to take another little break now. We want to hear from you, no matter if you're throwing a dinner party later in the week or you're just looking for a quick weeknight meal idea, we'd be happy to share. Call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 or email us to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. I'm Robert Krulwich from Radiolab. We're told that smell triggers memories in the brain. So if you're in your car, let's try something. Roll up your windows and inhale, okay? There are some memories you cherish and others that just um, linger. But now here's a thought. How about contributing this barrel of aroma that is your car to your favorite public radio station? And you might even get a tax deduction. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today with my sidekick, foodie expert, and great friend, Carol Puckett. Welcome back, Carol. Hey, Mal. We had a good weekend, didn't we? Oh, we had, we had a little throwdown on Saturday night. Throwdown Saturday night, celebrating your upcoming nuptials. And uh, there was a bunch of crab meat in, involved. There was a lot of crab meat and some pickled shrimp involved. You know, and that was Susan Spicer's recipe. It is. It's it one had of a lot her of most famous. It's, a lot of it's capers, called right? Ashley's Pickled Shrimp. Fabulous. It is, and it can be used uh, like an app, a cocktail party where mm-hmm. you pick it out with uh, a toothpick or some sort of more elegant um, Or just utensil. grab one by the tail. Yeah, but I like to use it as a salad. Huh? Um, you know, I put it just a bed of lettuce and, you know, a summer salad mm-hmm. and, you know, serve it with just a little tiny biscuit or tiny muffin. We also had a, a crab meat dip and a crab meat, mini crab cakes. They were, those were things. There was a lot out. of crab involved. And the food was all prepared uh, by the crazy cat. Folks, John and his team, and man, was it good. And Crazy Cat also is in Jackson, Mississippi. Some fine cooking there. That's right. Um, Have you had crab meat imperial lately? Not lately, but boy, in in the day, uh, that was was a signature dish in a lot of places. 
Talk about crab meat imperial. Well, you know, I thought, I mean, it's to me the taste of the 60s. And I remember at my mother's house just a little, yeah, they would put it in a little shell. But I was asked to make it recently. It's so easy. It's like uh, a little mayonnaise and seasoning and i can't remember maybe it's maybe it's some egg and you just put put the crab meat in it i'll, I'll post the recipe cold? online no, no you put it in cooked. the oven and bake it for about 25 minutes sprinkle some breadcrumbs on top it's cheese involved a little old bay seasoning there is no cheese no involved cheese. but good. uh old bay still has it on their website the old oh. bay seasoning and that that's where i found it but delightful i bet it was made famous by some restaurant in new york that we can't think of you know, with all that mayonnaise, I, it had to come from the south. Had to come south. from the south. Okay. All right, so we're talking about seafood today, scampi, broiling, cooking, and Carol's got a bunch of butters and sauces, uh, and we were, on the break, we were talking about the difference between a, a brown butter sauce and a miniere. Exactly. And a miniere is a brown butter sauce, but it always includes lemons and capers so that's just one little difference uh-huh. i love a, a trout miniere or Me almondine miniere which exactly. you know, just add the roasted almonds on top of the fish and then miniere it uh, spread the butter sauce with the, the tangy lemon uh, uh, caper golly a caper just packs a punch doesn't it it really does and i think you've coined a new verb to miniere a to fish miniere. Yeah, well, that works. All right, we got a caller on the line. We're going with Kathleen in Osaka. Hello, Kathleen. What's cooking? Well, crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. I'm, I'm from New Orleans, so here we go. When you mm-hmm. want to make a, a, a good dish that's got everything, it's got your salad and crawfish all in one, you take a couple of potatoes, and you can either throw them in the boiling pot that you make the crawfish in or crabs or whatever you boil, or you can just boil them in a regular pot top of the stove with a little crab boil. When they're done, you make your regular potato salad, whatever's regular for you, and then you add about half a pound to a pound of crawfish tails because I always make a lot of potato salad. And then you chill it for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Serve it on shredded lettuce. You can put croutons that are really spicy on top. Maybe even put one little crawfish on the side of the plate, fully dressed, as they say. And <laughs> it's very, very good because you got your potato salad, you got your crawfish, and you got all that together. Now, you're putting the crawfish in the potato salad? That's right. Well, of course, you peel them, Malcolm. Uh-huh. So you're just yeah. using the tail meat, as we call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Kathleen, would you share that recipe with us uh, online? Yeah, that's great. That would be great. I'll I'll post it. I can, but it's so simple. You oh, okay. can buy well, pota- you can buy potato salad at the Kroger and come home and put some crawfish uh, uh, tails in it and let it chill overnight. You've got it. Okay, but there you go. That's simple enough. That's that's right. It's the idea. Just. When you got crawfish, eat them all you can because we know they're not here all year round, and we love them. Exactly, it's a lot like the Louisiana strawberries. They're a seasonal thing. When they come, you got to gorge yourself and enjoy them, and cook them every which way you can. Use them every which way you can because they're not going to be around for long. Usually, the Louisiana craw- uh, strawberries, which I thought was a short season of about a month, I learned from a from a farmer that I stopped on the side of the road and talked to. He says they get their 
plugs, he calls them. That's the little plants that already have small strawberries growing on them. That's how they come to the farmers. They put them in the ground in September. And by Christmas, they have strawberries to sell grocery stores. Really? And they sell the grocery stores in December, January, February, and into March because the grocery stores pay more than the just the pedestrians like us who stop on the side of the road. And then once the grocery stores kick into their bigger markets, they start selling them on the side of the road. Well, I wish they sold them in our grocery stores, you know, instead of California, California strawberries and uh, Mexican strawberries. But anyway, seasonal crawfish, yep. tail meat, potato salad. Who knew? Beautiful. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, you got another recipe there, Carol, you want to share with us on the sauce situation? Because we're going to have to get out of here in a minute. Well, I just picked up a little uh, anchovy garlic butter sauce that uh, I did a couple of weeks ago from the New York Times cooking website. I respect the anchovy, but I often refer to it as the hairy fish. The hairy fish. Well, it indeed is a hairy fish. <laughs> what can you say? <laughs> but you can, on this recipe, you just mince a few anchovy fillets and one big fat clove of garlic, mm-hmm. a little salt and pepper, and um, and capers. And it just makes a, a wonderful, oh, I forgot the butter. <laughs> the most Never. important ingredient. Never forget and the butter. And I, I love to use uh, an unsalted butter. It just has better flavor or one of the more uh, boutique butters, uh, Kerrygold, is another one of my, my favorites from Ireland. Wow. Yeah. Butter. We could have a whole show on butters. We could. But, like, but here's do, one for you. Do you like your butter cold and hard or soft and, and, and warm? Room oh, temperature? soft, room temperature. Do you keep a, a butter dish I out? do. This the first thing I do in the morning on Saturday morning is put the butter dish out on the counter because there's going to be a lot of cooking going on on Saturdays. Yeah, and there's nothing worse, for example, when you want a slice of butter on a piece of toast or on a cake or whatever cracker, is to have cold, hard butter, and it just destroys the saltine or the. It it just it does. Eats a hole, it knocks a hole in the bread. It sounds like you're a soft butter person. I like yourself. soft butter. Now, okay. we keep a lot of cold in the fridge, but also keep one out yeah. uh, for for daily. Can't be too much daily butter. consumption. Right. Butter is uh, is a marvelous thing. And as Robert St. John said, fried shrimp are good. <laughs> They're just good. <laughs> Let's go have some today. <laughs> well, Carol, it's great having uh, a conversation with you, and we appreciate all our callers calling in today. That's going to about do it for Deep South Dining today. That um, concludes our second show. Yeah, and I'm going to post some recipes this afternoon. Very good. Stuff we, are. we talked about. Good. We are a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributors and listeners like you, so please feel free to contribute. Our producer today, as always, he's also our spiritual guidance person, is Java Chapman. Well, thank you, Java. We appreciate your help, and we're going to be in here every Monday. And if you would, stay tuned right now for... Now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. Join us next Monday, 9 o'clock in the morning, for Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio.